0: Before we get into this week's podcast, I've got some exciting news to share with you. We recently shared how you can get your hands on the Comrades Marathon pacing bands. You could order yours up front, pre-order, and then pick them up printed uh, at the Coach Perry stand at the Comrades Marathon Expo in Durban. Since we let you know that, we have got hundreds of emails asking us exactly how to predict what your Comrades Marathon finish time uh, might be. The good news is we've created a calculator that'll tell you exactly how to do that, Okay. All you need to do is head over to coachbarry.com forward slash time. The link is also in the description of this podcast. You can click on that. It'll take you straight through to the page. Plug in your best marathon time over the last 12 months, and it'll tell you exactly what your predicted Comrades marathon finish time is for the up run this year, but also for the slightly shortened route as well. So we've done all the calculations for you. All you need to do is plug your marathon time in, and it'll tell you exactly what you can expect to run at the Comrades marathon. All you need to do, head over to coachparry.com forward slash time. And you can also pre-order your pace band for that exact finish time uh, on that same page. So coachparry.com forward slash time. It'll change your life. That's all I'm going to say is I feel a gazillion times better since I've been focusing on it. I'm running better. I'm losing weight, which if you have a few extra uh, uh, pounds to lose helps as well. So yeah, which is what it is. For me, it's been a game changer, Lindsay, and I will sing this, I will I will die on this. Welcome on to the next edition of Up. My name is Brad Naddelt. I've got the coach, Lindsay Parry, with us once again. And today, we're talking all things recovery uh, on the podcast, and particularly uh, around this stage in Comrades Training, where we've been building for the last few weeks, and a lot of the programs have now got a recovery weekend. Uh, we'll get into that in a bit more detail in a moment. Lindsay, how's it going? Yeah, everything is good, good, good. It's nice. Yeah, we still we're still not in peak comrades training though. A lot of people are talking crazy mileage. If you're listening to the crazies, just relax. It's a long way to go. Peak training's only coming. So, don't get too excited. Don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, there's still lots of time uh, to be doing some big mileage. But, uh, Lindsay, let's talk a little bit about the importance before we get into like the the actual practicalities of what you can do to make sure you're recovering, particularly around long runs. There have been lots of marathons. There's a couple coming up this weekend uh, in South Africa. Uh, there have been a few this weekend just passed as well. But let's talk the importance of recovery, uh, and particularly in, in training for a race like Comrades.
1: Yeah, and, and we are on some of the plans because again the plans are people of uh, different ability um as well as um yeah training for something slightly different and the plans aren't all synced up perfectly but two of the plans have a recovery week so it's actually perfect to just say listen this is what and why we are doing recovery and the and the reality of it quite simply is that without recovery we cannot improve so when we're training regardless of the type of session we're doing etc the whole point of the training is to provide a load it is to do some damage so we are trying to harm the system slightly and in small increments that we don't overwhelm and break Uh, and so that's really what injury is is when we have overwhelmed the system and and broken it so we are trying to overload it we are trying to cause a bit of damage and then once we've caused that damage we want to pull back and allow the recovery process to take place and then the body will repair all the damage that's done both from in a physical sense and now we're talking bone tendons ligaments muscles all of these things little micro tearing bit of damage Uh, that'll go in there and that'll be the repair process but and this is where the human body is so great and so adaptable is that if we do this at the right rate of load recover then the body goes okay didn't work quite as we would have liked it to so let's make it a little bit stronger and so it'll lay down a bit of extra and fortify so you get stronger tendons ligaments and muscles in particular and that is how we get this kind of long steady progressive overload and then also from a physiological point of view it's like what are we trying to stimulate we're trying to stimulate this idea that we can supply more energy to the working muscles more oxygen to the working muscles and changes have to happen for that to take place so again you know it's, it's a bit like your body's having a, a a meeting afterwards management meeting going hey this is where we fell short we need to plug those holes right how are we going to do that no we need to deploy more red blood cells speak to the oaks down in the the bone marrow they need to up red blood cell production cool right let's do that hang on but if we send more oxygen and more energy down to the muscle how are we going to process it yeah yeah no go and have a chat to the oaks down at the muscles there and tell them They need to get going building us uh, some more mitochondria because we need extra mitochondria so that we so this is what the body does and so we now have more more red blood cells that can carry more oxygen and more mitochondria that can burn fuel and oxygen to give the muscles energy to contract and relax plus we've got these much stronger muscles so the whole system is just continually improving and that's how we get stronger and faster and more able to do the things that we want to do. But it happens during the recovery phase. It doesn't physically happen while we're training hard. So if we train hard, 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 and we just keep pummeling ourselves down, then the body's like doing a patch job and it's trying to catch up the whole time. But before it actually gets to the stage of improving, we're hitting it again. And then you actually just get more and more tired. And slowly but surely,
0: you break down or you get sick or you just can't meet the mind. Lindsay, I'm gonna take you a step back before we get into the actual recovery modalities and what we should be doing in this week as a recovery week for those who, who have got them. You, you mentioned two things there that I want to touch on. And the first one is the damage. You're saying you you're doing a lot of damage while you you train. And it's not a case of that you're smashing every single, you don't want to be smashing every run as as hard as possible. So I think that's that's important. It's just a, a normal function. When you run easy as well there is damage it's not that you have to push as hard as you can in every run to cause damage
1: yeah yeah and the and the runs that cause the biggest damage are obviously our high intensity interval sessions and our long runs so those are the two but also every when we're doing the strength training when we do our short easy runs there is still some damage being done what we're trying to do is moderate that damage so again few podcasts ago we spoke about how important it is to train at the right intensity so that you're going easy enough to allow that physiological adaptation um, but also to minimize the amount of damage so if you run too hard on your easy days you do too much damage and then then the plan doesn't allow for enough time between those sessions for you to recover properly so it's all in balance things are there where they're supposed to be for a reason so that we can do small amounts of incremental damage, fix, improve. And then there will be these a couple of sessions, the really long runs and the, um, the, the shorter, harder runs that will do a bit more damage. But then also we give more time between those type of workouts so that you can recover and be ready before we push you really hard again.
0: Okay, cool. I'm glad you cleared that up. But then the other thing you mentioned was tears. And I've heard this uh, at a lot of, of sort of marathons and long runs. Where And, and like a good student, I'm, I'm taking notes. But I've heard a lot of people saying it's not like it's the, the pain that you feel in your muscles after a marathon or a long run. It's the buildup of lactic acid, and you need to actually run the next day to flush those crystals out. I, I've heard this at marathons. That is not the case. Tell us what's actually happening, why you saw after a marathon.
1: Yeah, look, there's a few things that have... Uh been in popular magazines over the years that persist for decades. Um, Vijay, nothing could be further from the truth. So that stiffness that you're feeling after a really hard workout or after a marathon, it's called the late onset of muscle muscle soreness. And it is brought about by micro tearing in the muscle. So the muscles physically tear and they bleed. And there is very little space in and around those muscles and those muscle fibers, they're quite tightly packed there within sheets of muscle, and um, it's the lack of space in there and the actual swelling that's the pain you are feeling. You're you are swollen, inflamed, and your body needs to heal. And the last thing it needs is more running and more damage. Um, you know, there are some things you can do to move the blood through the legs um, to to help speed up the recovery but by and large rest is one of the best things that you can do for it and you know things like ice baths obviously they help you to heal quicker but what they also do is that they they stunt the actual adaptation that you are going to make so in that kind of scenario it's often better to just ride it out and go the three or four days that it takes for that stiffness or micro tearing to be healed and for the inflammations go down before you start running again.
0: Yeah, Lindsay, you often talk – I mean, we're talking recovery weeks in particular here, but I think it's important to touch on this now in, in your training plans. You, you often talk about taking one full day's worth of rest, and it's not that we don't want people mm-hmm. to enjoy their running. This, this is the reason why you want them to take a full day off every week.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I mean, we aren't—we're not even into recovery week and what a recovery week—a uh, week feels like. I mean, we're literally currently talking about what is the importance of recovery and why. And you've—you've—you've you've, you've hit it. I like—I like people to have rest days. And um, in fact, for for people who work full-time jobs, um, I'm big advocate of most people don't need to run more than five days a week. So. On the bull run plans, there's an option of a fifth day if everything's going really well and you are feeling recovered and you're not feeling little niggles all the time and you're sleeping well, then you can do a fifth day on bull run. And then yeah, you know, the silver guys—we've—we've we've cracked enough jokes about how um, their lack of relationship status. But um, you know, th- they'll run more five, six days a week. But for the 95% of the population out there, I'm very happy with four days of running a week because it provides loads of time for recovery and loads of time for you to do some strength training and then even if you want to do strength training on those so-called rest days or non-running days let's put that or if you want to do cross training and you want to add those onto the non-running days then as you said right i'm a really big um fan of taking a day off every week and that's the physical recovery and recharging but also the mental it gives you a day where you're not planning your whole life around when am i going to get this bit of exercise in or i've got to do this or i've got to be there at this specific time it just gives you a more flexible day to focus on non-running things uh, that you need to get done so it's it's a very important day for physical and mental freshness
0: yeah, Lindsay. There's there's lots of things that you can do from a recovery perspective to to aid their recovery. Obviously, rest is one of them. There's no no doubt about that. And we've spoken about the rest day in the week, but let's talk about recovery weeks in particular. Uh, before we get into those specific things that you can do, and, and these specific things you don't just focus on in recovery weeks, you need to focus on all the way through. But in a recovery week, what what's the 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 sort of best way to approach it? Because I think a lot of people think if they're not running, they're losing fitness, but that's not actually the case, is it?
1: and again we've just we've literally explained that the only way for your body to truly recover and repair is when we're not running can't happen while we're running and these recovery weeks are really there to give your body a little bit of extra time to really go in and make sure that everything is being fixed properly and and getting you ready for another round of of training so that process that i described earlier that's kind of like an everyday ongoing thing but it doesn't quite get that like over overcompens- it's it's continually improving but this recovery week literally gives your body this big decompression because what also happens when we have a recovery week is that everything comes down so the whole week comes down so we are more relaxed and that means that your body's got more resources because stress is stress your your body can't differentiate between work stress family stress um stress from bad news bereavement and training stress like the stresses your body gets them and interprets them and and ultimately processes it and gets it through the system in a very similar way and by coming down once a month essentially and just giving your body more bandwidth okay so when we're training hard we're taking a large portion of your body's bandwidth now we cut that training down over the week. We return a lot more bandwidth to the body so that it can literally improve, fix. Think about that as like a minor renovation. So, you know, the, the all the other things that, that are happening in the week is like when you are cleaning. So you're cleaning the house and making sure that everything's cool and everything's neat and things are where you, where you would like to find them. And then like maybe once a month or every two weeks in your house, you then like, blitz the place and and then also drill a hole here and hang this up or put a hook there and put put that on that's kind of your that's then what your recovery week is it's your it's your minor little repairs and and whatever and next level and then when you are finished doing like a major part of your training block then it'll be like a a small renovation where you like really Tinkering and fixing and, and improving. So they just are so important and they come at these regular intervals and they allow your body to take restock, fully engage, and get you ready for the next three weeks of really just pushing that up all the time. Um, so yes, the 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 weekly recoveries are important for the low grade maintenance, and then these recovery weeks are really important for the, the bigger maintenance and upgrades.
0: Yeah, Lindsay, and it's important to at at this point in Comrades training too, because you might still be feeling really good. I mean, if you've been listening to to what we've been saying, and you're not doing crazy amounts of mileage, you, you're building up sensibly, you're still feeling quite good. It can be tempting to go, you know, what I don't need a recovery week right now. I'm going to keep on going, and you do like it's like as much as you feel like you don't. Now's a good time to take a, a wee break because it it'll freshen you up mentally as well with what's coming. Yeah,
1: and if you are a, um, if you had a better, if humans had a better system in place, that was a little bit more objective, um, and we weren't so inclined to fool ourselves, you could perhaps juggle around with those and go, well, you know, I'm feeling amazing this week, everything feels good, I'm not tired, I've got like so much energy, I don't want to. You could potentially do a fourth week and then recover. But the problem is, is that human beings we're not objective and we'll always find an, a reason to delay that because, as you pointed out before, you're worried about losing fitness and that that just doesn't happen. Okay, so if you do absolutely no exercise for a week, you will not lose fitness. In fact, the freshness will outstrip any minor loss in fitness, so you will be in a better position for performance. Week two we start to get a little bit of detraining but the fitness still cancels that out completely so from a performance point of view we only start to compromise on our fitness in week three and beyond and then beyond week three it actually falls quite quickly um, so I think also let's just get the fear that that recovery week is is losing fitness it's it's not at all uh, your fitness is improving but importantly you are getting fresher Um, and therefore able to perform better for your next three-week block of training. And yes, if we were more honest, some of us could maybe do five, six weeks blocks and then with recoveries, but that won't happen. You'll keep convincing yourself that you're fine, everything's going well, you feel good, you're getting fitter, and you'll just try and crush on for another week. And it's just slowly but surely compromising the overall picture, pushing you into overtraining, injury and illness.
0: Yeah, and Lindsay, the older we get, the worse this gets and the more important the the, the recovery week sign. And the comrades, the mm. average comrades runner is in, in the late 40s. I mean, the the, the field's not getting younger. So uh, the vast majority or a, a very big percentage of the comrades' field is 45-plus, and this becomes even more important as you get older.
1: Yeah, for sure, because everything slows down. So you need more time to – and, you, you know, if you – Even if you're doing the strength training, we still do lose strength and muscle as we get older. But if you're not doing strength, then that happens quickly and we lose a lot. And of course, if we've got less muscle to do the same amount of work, that means we do more damage. And if we've done more damage, we need longer to recover. And everything happens slow when we get older, so you need even more time to recover. So yeah, it's this like, it's the spiral that keeps going down if we don't just take care of all the little things so recover in your microcycles or week on week and take your recovery weeks when they come so that everything can be polished up internally
0: externally and psychologically okay let's talk about specific recovery modalities and there's two there's two big ones i want to talk about what i think is the superpower Uh, second i've only discovered that in the last probably six months because i've really focused on it but the other one is nutrition and you can use your nutrition particularly post runs to to really aid in in nutrition talk talk us through that just a quick break from the podcast for a second to let you know and remind you that you need to pick up your comrades marathon pace band for comrades 2024 right now CoachParry.com forward slash pace. You can also click on the link in the description to this podcast right now. Don't leave anything to chance. Make sure you plan the perfect race come race day. Head over to CoachParry.com forward slash pace right now to get your custom Coach Parry pacing band for race day to make sure you run the race that is best suited for where you are and your training right now. That's CoachParry.com forward slash pace. You can click on the link in the description right now. And don't forget, uh, you don't want to pick up just one. Don't just take your plan A. Make sure you've got a plan B and plan C as well. That's coachparry.com forward slash pace. Running the Comrades Marathon doesn't have to be scary and intimidating. Just thinking about running 90 kilometers or 56 miles should give you butterflies in your stomach. Add to that the hills you have to run up and down, and having to do it in under 12 hours. The thought of it is enough to freak the most seasoned runner out, never mind a newbie to ultra running or a Comrades marathon novice. As much as Comrades is a physical challenge, it's just as much a mental challenge. The constant mental gymnastics of second-guessing yourself takes its toll. Am I training enough? How long should my long runs be? How many marathons should I run? What does this pain in my knee mean? My ankle is sore. Should I rest or run? And then... The two big ones, am I fast enough and will I finish? The questions never stop. The constant worrying is exhausting. And that's exactly why we've created the Comrades Marathon Training Roadmap. It's a proven step-by-step training plan to get you from where you are today to having a Comrades medal around your neck without the stress and worry. Knowing that you've done what it takes to finish the ultimate human race, feeling strong and in control. Ensuring that you arrive at the start line fit and most importantly, injury-free, because more than 64% of those who didn't finish the race last year started with an injury. The Comrades Marathon Training Roadmap guides you through every step of your Comrades journey. Training, qualifying, tapering, and race day. We've got you covered Every step of the way, simply head over to coachparry.com forward slash up to get access to it now, or simply click on the link in the description. That's coachparry.com forward slash up. Now back to the podcast.
1: Yeah, and so we, we always split this one into in and between exercise. So in exercise is everything that happens while we're exercising, plus the first hour with the first 30 minutes after exercise being the most important. But exercise is defined as from the start of exercise to an hour after the end of exercise. And then we've got between exercises is your other window. Now, the in-exercise window, what's important to provide your body with is um, carbohydrates. That's, that's the, the very important window because during that window, That's when your body will shove the carbohydrates straight into the muscle as muscle glycogen. And so you've got carbohydrates or glycogen available for um, energy metabolism straight away. And you want to take small amounts of protein because the protein helps with that, the actual physical loading of the muscles. But much more importantly, it primes the body to start the recovery process. So it kickstarts the recovery process then in between exercise okay that's when we want to provide the body with all the building blocks and all the 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 micronutrients and everything that it needs that's the in-between part we want to eat healthy and we want to get in enough protein because if you're supplying enough protein during that period and we've stimulated the the repair process straight afterwards then your body is going to take that protein repair muscle tendons ligaments plus all the minerals and everything else that you need just to maintain a healthy lifestyle and keep everything working and in check. And then the thing that I don't mention often enough, but you you asked it in, in, a, in a good way previous on a previous podcast and that was around the, the um, hydration. So and then it's very important to stay hydrated, especially in the between. If you look after your hydration in the between, then you need very little water some. Especially if you're thirsty, but you need very little during. If you're not looking after the the nutrition between, you need to then have water with you all the time while you train. All
0: right, great, Lindsay. Uh, the second one, the superpower. I have been notoriously bad at this because for for many many years I worked night shifts and uh, sleep was a luxury. But I, in the last six months, have really try to focus on on improving my sleep, getting more sleep. And it's been a game changer for me. S- sleep is for most people, one of those things that's really like, they, they I don't know, I don't think people get how important it is. Talk, talk to me about sleep and its role in recovery.
1: Yeah, so let me actually talk both sides of the coin. I often focus on the the pure recovery side of of the coin. And that's the benefits of sleeping well. But the reality is that the downside to not sleeping well and the increase in cortisol, that is like just such a problem in terms of general recovery, but also storage of um, macronutrients, carbohydrates and fats and our ability to burn fats in particular. So if you've got high cortisol, that just stimulates burning of, of carbohydrates and if we're burning lots of carbohydrates we've got small stores so that then means that we get hungry and when we get hungry that means we eat and so high cortisol is not great so if you're not getting enough sleep not getting to bed early enough you're gonna have really high cortisol and then on the flip side of that coin is um, what are the positives of sleeping and getting enough sleep but much more importantly, the enough sleep is critical but that's the part that we battle with because of our how we live and much more important than fixing the number of hours is first fixing the quality of our sleep because if we get the quality of our sleep better we have won half the battle and then we can work on getting a little bit of extra time or i mean a lot if you can but for most people practically that's difficult so so now what what am i talking about so there are there are a few key things when we are dealing with sleep and improving sleep, sleep quality and the first is what are we doing in the lead into our sleep okay so if we are messing around and spending lots of time on our cell phones lots of times on a tablet lots of time on a on a laptop then you are going to struggle to Fall asleep, number one. Number two, you're going to struggle to go into a deep enough sleep so that we can release testosterone growth hormone so that we can really dial in on the recovery process um, while we are sleeping. The second thing is when we are getting into bed. So because humans were set up to be diurnal, that means that we are active during the day we sleep and rejuvenate at night so because we set up that way we need to be sleeping by circadian rhythm we need to be sleeping at night and we need to be sleeping i want to use the word early but then that makes me feel like i'm going to lose everybody but essentially you want to be sleeping when it's dark okay and that's very difficult for a lot of people to do and so my kind of And the research, not my, the research shows that if we get into bed before 10, if we can be asleep before 10, that is what we need. But any time or falling asleep later than 10 compromises the peak release of the testosterone and the growth hormone. So in other words, that only starts when we're sleeping and it builds up as we sleep until about 2 in the morning and then it drops off. So if we are not getting enough, if we're not getting to bed early enough, that peak doesn't get up. So if we're only getting to bed at 12, we're only getting two hours. If we're getting into bed before 10, we're getting four hours of testosterone and growth hormone um, leaking into the system. And so that is what we're after. So it's get off your devices for 30 to 40 minutes before you get into to bed so that you can fall asleep quicker and you can sleep deeper and then get into bed before 10 o'clock try and be sleeping by 10 o'clock those are two key areas and then the third one is even easier to manage and that is to keep your room quite dark so thick curtains keep all the lights out don't have a flashing cell phone or an alarm clock with a really bright interface. We want a nice, cool, dark bedroom because that will then help you to sleep deeper. Our, our eyelids are membranes. So even though they're closed, if you've got a, a light flashing, your brain will pick that light flashing and it interferes with how deeply you go to sleep. So those are the things that you can manage around improving the quality of your sleep. And then if we can get into bed earlier, you know, my my advice around that is is a little bit like the strength training. Like, there's an ideal amount, and then we do the best that we can. So, you know, you really want to target seven to eight hours of sleep a night if you can. But if you're currently having four, four and a half, five is going to be way better. So I'd say target eight. Seven is better than six, and six is way better than five. And that's kind of how we have to manage this during our peak training, is to just get a bit more, but really improve the quality of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It'll change your life. That's all I'm going to say. Is I feel a gazillion times better since I've been focusing on it. I'm running better. I'm losing weight, which if you have a few extra pounds to lose, helps as well. So yeah, which is which it is. For me it's been a game changer, Lindsay, and I will sing this, I will I will die on this, that sleep is so underrated and it makes such a big difference. And then the cool the cool thing with these recovery or, or the recovery in general is is you can actually monitor it. So like if you are struggling and you you can actually track the recovery to make sure that you are sort of recovering from from your sessions. You shouldn't feel shattered all the time. What are some of the ways that you can track this to make sure that you are recovering sufficiently?
1: yeah so I mean again we, we've we got these these layers of h- how do we do it um and we can start very superficially and that is like literally how do I feel so if I am sore then we know for sure that the recovery isn't complete so stiffness really tells you that recovery isn't complete so I would then steer away from running um, I may still do some cross training, just depending exactly how sore I am or what I did to make myself sore. But pain in any form, you're not you're not recovered. So I I might I might do a very gentle cycle or swim, some something that doesn't in, involve running. So that's your your kind of first line there. So how do I feel? Is there pain? Um, and then the second, slightly more subtle, but if you work in a building that's got quite a few stairs. It's a good test. Now, I mean, we're training for comrades. We expect to be our legs to be a little bit tired, but going upstairs shouldn't, shouldn't be a, a real problem. So if you are struggling to take stairs and getting a really deep fatigue in your quads when you're taking stairs, that probably tells you you're not quite recovering as well as you should be. And then you would maybe want to look at modifying your, your training and, and figure something out. And then we can go like deeper. It's like, okay, what does it look like inside? How am i feeling how's my body responding to this training and the very base layer there is i take my resting heart rate um, every morning and if you've got a a fancy um, wrist unit gps most of them nowadays do sleep tracking so you can wake up in the morning and go right my average heart rate while i was sleeping was x and my lowest reading in the night was y okay cool let me compare that to the previous two to three weeks yeah that's within one or two beats that's kind of normal that tells me that i'm recovering well oh hang on i'm five beats out i'm five beats higher yeah i obviously didn't sleep well last night or the training's not uh, is a little bit too hard so tomorrow i'm just going to monitor it again and if you get two readings in a row of elevated you know you're getting sick you're going to overtraining, so then you want to adjust your your training that's until that heart rate comes down and then finally by the same mechanism if your watch does it you can look at heart rate variability and that's slightly i mean it's it's picking up on a similar trend but it's telling us whether your um, parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system is dominating and remember when i said it will body is flooded with cortisol then you are fight or flight then your stress system your policeman is taking over and that will suppress heart rate variability so if you've got low heart rate variability that means you've got um, high cortisol you're stressed out you're not able and and in that condition you're not recovering properly you can't recover properly so then you want to peel back on your training and ease it down Similarly, if there's a really healthy interplay between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system, that means everything is nicely in balance. That means your heart variability will be high. That means you're recovering well and that you are are handling the training quite well. And so you can just crack on with your training.
0: Lindsay... Uh, I'm get, you're going to laugh at me because we spoke about this podcast last week. We had a bit of a meeting about what we were going to chat about. And in my notes it says, let's talk about the number one reason for failure. I have no idea what we wanted to talk about. So I'm going to leave that over to you. And I'm so glad because actually as we were going
1: through this, I was like I'm forgetting something that I wanted to talk about <laughs> and that—that that is it. And the number one reason people don't finish comrades is because they start with an injury. So, literally 64% of people, was it 68%? It's okay. 64% is a high enough number. 64% of the people who do not finish comrades started comrades with an injury. Okay. And so that's literally why we are hammering on about recovery. That's why we've been hammering on the last few weeks about don't train too hard too early. We want you to start uninjured. You improve your chance of finishing threefold if you get to the start line without an injury and recovery is critical to making sure that you don't get injured if you are not recovering you're not improving so that's already should be enough incentive to make sure you're recovering if you're not recovering you're not improving and you are risking injury and if you start comrades with an injury you are going to push yourself into that. 68 percent of people who do not finish comrades so that is the number one scary statistic is that heaps of people don't finish because of injury so i mean just quickly to 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 summarize where we got that number from um we send out a survey monkey pretty much every year uh, after comrades and we just keep building on those stats and making them more powerful um but in four thousand questionnaires that have gone out a thousand answers have come back and in in those thousand people to 68 percent, because 680 of the people who didn't finish crossed the box started with an injury so make sure you recover properly make sure you build up slowly enough make sure you listen to I, I, I wish i actually had that stat handy when when you asked me a few weeks back like what should what should convince people not to listen to the people in their clubs and to stick to their 40 to 50 Ks a week that they were supposed to be doing back then Um and what stops them from this this is the stat you don't want to be injured
0: Right, I need to clear something up here, Lindsay, and this is particularly for our international viewers and listeners. You, you said we send out a survey monkey. It's not an actual monkey, just so that people are aware. Uh, it's a brand of a survey company that we've used. And It's so funny that you call it a survey monkey because we've only used it once. We now use Google Forms. But uh, yeah, just so that everybody knows, we don't actually send out a physical monkey to come and find out why you didn't finish Comrade. So uh, just... To to clarify that, Lindsay, uh, yeah, recovery is probably my favourite week of a training plan. Uh, I I like training hard, but I also like hanging out on the dark side. Not that I want to hang out on a dark in the dark side uh, during a recovery week, but they are so so important. And I've finally uh, discovered. That they work, so it's uh, really, really important. So, thank you very much for your time today. Really do appreciate it. Uh, just before we do go, don't forget this week is the next of our comrades marathon webinars. If you haven't registered for it yet, please do. The link is in the show notes or in the description, uh, depending if you're listening to this on a uh, podcast player or if you're watching on YouTube. If you are just listening to the podcast, we do this on YouTube, so you can come and look at our mugs as well if you'd like. Uh, you can go just search for Coach Perry Comrades on the YouTubes. And you'll be able to find it. And then while you're on YouTube, don't forget the Gentleman's Agreement. And it's not just YouTube. It's on all the platforms. Uh, If you are listening to this, Lindsay and I put a ton of effort into it. And it is absolutely free. We want to make sure you get your medal. But part of that Gentleman's Agreement is we do that for you. And in return, you make sure that everyone you know who's running Comrades listens to this. So please make sure you share it. Also hit like uh, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any uh, upcoming ones either. So until next time, Lindsay, thanks for your time. From myself, Brad Nadelt, it's cheers. Look after yourselves. Happy training, happy recovery week and we'll catch up again next week. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Up. Don't forget to pick up your custom Comrades Marathon 2024 Pace Band right now. Uh, we'll print them out and make sure we've got them waiting for you at the Expo in Durban in the build-up to Comrades. So head over to coachparry.com forward slash pace or click on the link in the description right now.